Welcome to a new week. Uh, I'm Jared. <laughs> this is Jake. This is Chin Straps and Baseball Caps, or the two Mormon boys, whichever one you want to call us. No, don't call us the Mormon boy. Why not? I like the Mormon boys. No, don't call us the Mormon boys. I like the Mormon boys. <laughs> anyway, this week we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about about challenges. And uh, Jake had a really good analogy talking about the 49ers that he's gonna talk about. So, are you still a 49ers fan? Yeah. Not really. I, you know, I'm a Patriots fan. That's a lie. I'm not a Patriots fan at all. I'm not an NFL fan. Teasing a friend the other day, I said I I need to throw out my Dodger hats now and get an Astros cap. <laughs> yeah, you're. Well, I get accused. How many Dodgers of, hats do you have? Let's be um, honest here. A lot. I get accused of being a fair weather fan, no matter what I wear. So, <clears throat> I can wear a 49ers hat for 18 years, and then they're good for three, and everybody accuses me of being a fair weather oh, fan. How it works? Yep. I mean, unless you're a. I don't know. A Browns fan? A Browns fan. Or a Bengals fan? Like your boss or whatever? <laughs> My old coworker. Yeah. Still can't believe that. Glutton um, for punishment. Okay, so the analogy that we are going to talk about today is building up your life brick by brick. And a little bit of background, so I am a 49ers fan. I've been a 49ers fan my whole life, so... He's also a huge Colin Kaepernick fan. No, that's not true. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the anything outside of what he was capable of on the field. <laughs> he was good for a year. Yeah. And then people figured him out. Yep. Fair enough. In the Super Bowl. He, he had some decent years after that, but... Anyway, so a little background on the 49ers. They have Joe Montana, who most everybody should know. Um, he got hurt, and Bill Walsh traded for Steve Young, who was on a terrible Buccaneers team, and told him, hey, you will, we'll bring you in and you'll play. Joe's back is hurt, or I think it was his back. Did Young come from the other league as well? Well, he went for, to the USFL first. Yeah. For the LA Express, and then he went got drafted by the Buccaneers in the supplemental draft or whatever the, mm-hmm. when the USFL folded. So anyway, he goes and gets young and tells him, you're going to play. And then Montana came into training camp looking totally healthy. And it's the one of my favorite parts about like the NFL films, um, football life on Steve Young, right? which we'll quote from a little bit on this episode. But he said he looked over at Bill Walsh and Bill Walsh just shrugged his shoulders <laughs> like, Sorry. Too bad. Um, so anyway, he trades for Young. Young kind of sits in the shadows for a couple of years. He plays a little bit here, a little bit there, starts some games. But uh, Montana wins two more Super Bowls. And then Young takes over, wins another Super Bowl. And they were still, even though they weren't, they didn't win more than that one Super Bowl, they were still, you know, in the top echelon of NFL teams. Well, the owners trade hands kind of have a different management style, rebuild the team in a different way um, after Young retired. So Garcia, Jeff Garcia took over afterwards, and he was adequate. He was a pretty good quarterback, but he wasn't great. But they didn't focus on building the team around him, so Young didn't really have an offensive line. I don't. They didn't really address that. For a few years, that team did not live up to its, you know, its history for a long time, and so they kind of let it fall apart. Several coaches, several GMs later, they kind of had a foundation of good players and then hire Jim Harbaugh. He comes in, coaches them up. They're three straight NFC championships, one Super Bowl. 
and then they let him go. And it's argumentative about whether or not that was a good decision or not. But so clean house finally after two more years of two different coaches. And they hire John Lynch, who was working at Fox Sports doing broadcasts. He's their new GM. So he doesn't have any history of it. And then Kyle Shanahan, who's the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, and they were in the Super Bowl. And they start trying to rebuild this team. And Lynch coined the phrase, and he probably took it from other people, but because you can see it around, but brick by brick. And that's kind of the, the idea that we wanted to run with today is brick by brick, that they weren't going to take shortcuts. Um, there's a lot of analogies that you can take from that, and I think it, the brick by brick thought process is extremely pertinent, especially to football. And you can speak more to that, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the way of how a football game unfolds, if your goal is to get, you know, positive yards on every play, have manageable yards so you can get first downs, score touchdowns, you know, sometimes you have to call runs that aren't going to get you any of that. And they do it unintentionally. And I was talking to my wife about that, actually, that football is like one of the few sports where you know this is going to fail. You know, baseball is kind of the sacrifice bunt. Same idea, but there's a there's a goal embedded in both of those of looking for success. And so for football, you run the ball up the middle, even if you only get a yard or two, because you're trying to open up the game later for other running plays or passing plays and different things like that. Right. So it's all strategy. Yeah, building up even your playbook brick by brick to kind of open up. You know, you're, there's really no shortcuts in football. And I think uh, you know we talked about the Bengals. The Browns, these teams that have probably historically taken tried to take a lot more shortcuts than you know they should have, and they've never really been good. And so right. here you have Lynch, and who knows how successful the 49ers will be in rebuilding. But they end the season last year on a five-game winning streak. Things are looking good, and they keep that adage of brick by brick. That's their their theme. They highlight it on everything when they announce the signing of a free agent or whatever. So. Maybe you can talk more about that and as far as how plays unfolded in your playing career, Uncle Rico. Yeah. Well, it's it's fun to, to think about that and think about the times that um, a play would come in and you kind of, as, as a player, you're like, what in the world? Because your goal as a player is always, you know, gain yards, first down, touchdown, whatever it is. And to have a play come in and be like, okay, you know, you have to trust the process. You have to trust your coaches. You got to trust the people around you that they know better than you what what they're doing. Yeah. And like I said, when those plays came in, you're like, okay, here we go. And then they'd fail. And they'd be like, well, that sucked. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, another play would come in and you'd go for 25 yards or throw a touchdown pass or something like that. You know, and so all of a sudden you you start to think, okay, you start to kind of buy into the process. This is going to work. You know, uh, one of the coaches that I had in my life talked about um, just slowly taking bits out of the opponent's armor. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you know, whether it's an opponent on a, you know, opposing team or opponents in your own life, whether it be disease or whatever it is, that... As, as you keep taking little bits out of that, your opponent's armor, you're building yourself up and you're setting yourself up for victory. You're setting yourself up to score, to win whatever it is that you need. And I think that's a, that's an important thing to, to realize in life 
that sometimes we have to fail in order to build ourselves up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, kind of taking on the, the idea of the 49ers. So that was their first year last year with Lynch and Shanahan and how they were trying to build that team. And I remember them talking about no, no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to success. We have to rebuild this thing. I mean, they were depleted talent wise. They had to rebuild this thing. They had a big free agent signing class last year, Mm -hmm. a smaller one this year, but spent a lot of money. But one of the things that also came up that I was thinking about is opportunities. So in my own life, you know, I have a couple situations that are kind of unfolding where there may be some really crucial, critical opportunities here. And if you look at kind of your, your life and the challenges that you're facing, it can kind of feel daunting as you're kind of staring at the, the job that you have to do in front of you. But every once in a while, you have a key opportunity that comes up that can kind of help you, you know, launch forward a little bit. And I think for them, it was getting Tom Brady's backup quarterback. So Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, they have, they had a rookie quarterback that they were playing, not intentionally. They didn't, I don't think they imagined drafting him that they would be playing him by the end of the year. Right. And he was just taking a beating because he's, you know, new to the league. So the game's faster for him. Everything's faster for him. And they don't have the greatest offensive line. You know, they needed some work on it. And he was taking a beating. And then they have an opportunity to trade for Tom Brady's backup. They do it, and he comes in and wins five straight games. You know, it's a, it's not a – I wouldn't call it a shortcut. It's an opportunity. You know, they wanted a franchise quarterback. They weren't going to try and – jump the gun and signs, you know, take a chance on somebody that was too risky. Instead, they traded for someone that was, you know, cost them a second round draft pick, draft pick, not a big deal. And at the end of the year, if he wouldn't have panned out, they can let him go and away he goes. Right. But this was a situation where they grasped an opportunity and they ran with it. And I think that so many times the tasks in front of us feel so daunting and you kind of start building it up brick by brick, layer by layer, piece by piece. And then, these opportunities shoot out of nowhere and you grasp them and you run with them and then it, it launches you ahead in your task. And I thought that was a, an interesting thing that had happened to them that I thought was so pertinent to, to life. And especially to me who, you know, recently there's some things that have felt really daunting and there's some opportunities that look to be coming my way that can help launch me forward in ways that I didn't imagine before. Yeah, and I think being prepared for those opportunities is is probably the most important thing. And also being prepared to allow a little bit of growing pain. You know, there's sometimes we have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. I mean, I spent almost nine years in banking as my career. I hated it. It was not fun for me. It was just, I just didn't like it. I mean, it was it was a good job, good career. And then I get, had an opportunity come forward with a new job and I took the job. And it's not necessarily a job that I wanted to do forever, but it got me out of banking and it has opened up other doors for me, which I think is, is crucial mm-hmm. in, in everything that we do. In talking about um, opportunities that kind of just come our way, maybe not even expecting, you know, you think about the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's a guy who, I'm a great player, but oh my gosh, he is unreal. I mean, he has resurrected that team. First, you know, the Jazz have the, the terrible news that, um, what is his name? Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward leaves, goes to the Celtics, 
And, you know, we're all kind of bummed about it. But if you think about it, when Gordon Hayward was drafted by the Jazz, he got booed. <laughs> he didn't want him. <laughs> the fans didn't oh, want him. That's true. And all of a sudden he comes in being a great asset and kind of, you know, setting the stage for the Jazz to pick up a Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Being prepared. I think that's key. Being prepared to build it brick by brick and and be willing to wait, play the waiting game. Yeah. Be patient. Well, I think in a lot of situations of, you know, kind of the theme or the idea that I wanted to get from this podcast was help people that were facing challenges, um, you know, kind of relate them to sports because it's relatable to us, but also that there's other ideas or things that are relatable. But the pro- the point that I think is so key to the brick by brick thing is that you have these tasks in front of you. It can be rebuilding a team, building your career, you know, going to school, different things like that. It can also be challenges that come out of the blue. And it's this daunting task that you see in front of you. And so I had the thought of, you know, I liked the way that you put it. You're taking out pieces of the armor. You know, the way I thought of it was, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know what I mean? Right. It's taking on a situation that you come face to face with and you're going, okay, how do I address this? Because so often I'll have something come my way and it kind of hits me and I look at it and I'm going, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. This is impossible to to do. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. And then you kind of start to formulate a plan. You know, talk, going back to football, you formulate your game plan. You start attacking it piece by piece. And the thing that I was comparing or thinking about football is you can sit there and run a play and after it's over, you go, well, that didn't work. Yeah. You know, we're going to go, let's do something else. And you can adjust on the fly. Well, it's almost, you know, life every day. You can come home and go, well, that didn't work. You know, I'm gonna, I've got to adjust the way I'm doing this because this isn't working. And so I think you can face it on, you can relate it to any kind of situation that you want to, whether it's, like I said, whether it's work or school or family or whatever, or maybe it's just some, you know, stumbling block that comes along your way that you have to get over and so there is a quote by steve young um so steve young resonated with me a lot as a kid and i didn't really understand why i kind of explained that a little bit in the last podcast but kind of knowing what he went through you know anxiety wise and kind of the the things that he had to overcome and how it drove him to be better well he had this quote and i can't remember if this is from his book or if it's from the NFL life or football life, you know, uh, episode that broadcasted on NFL Network, but addressing challenges. He says, you got to go through it. You can't go around it. If you go around it, you cheat yourself. And I'm thinking of yeah. all the times in my life where I face these challenges and it would just be easier in the short run to say, I'm just not going to do it. You know, I'm going to walk away from it. But in the long run, if you go through it, you know, you get stronger, you know, you get better at it. You will learn how to address these problems and you can overcome them so much easier in the future. That allows you to kind of climb the mountain. It's, you know, your summit. How do you summit, you, you know, step by step? And then it's important to also step off the mountain to see what you just accomplished. And I thought, you know, I thought that was a good analogy in the brick by brick, you know, kind of phrase or, or catchphrase. Yeah, you know, I, I really like that, um, especially when you're going through those challenges that you make sure to to take them head on. You know, one of my favorite stories um, 
about any football team, really, has to do with BYU. I'm a huge BYU homer, so I get it. But um, I believe it was in... I believe it was in the their 1984 when they won the national championship. I believe it was that game. They went into the locker room and they were kind of down on themselves. And one of the linemen stood up and he he gave this quote to the team. He said, "When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you trudge seems all uphill, when funds are low and debts are high, when you want to smile but you have to sigh." When your cares are pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. And I really like that. Sometimes in life we need a little rest. We need a halftime, you know. Mm. We need a timeout. But we can't quit. We move forward with whatever it is that we're doing in whatever direction we're going with the belief and the hope that no matter what we're doing, our path will be guided by a sense of, you know, the the fact that you matter, that people care about you, um, or in a much higher perspective, that there is a higher being or someone out there that is looking out for you. Um, if, if we quit, we give up on ourselves. We give up on those around us, and and then we, we fail. The 49ers, they're not quitting. They're building brick by brick, or attempting to. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't do that, not only are they giving up on themselves, but they're giving up on all of their fans Mm-hmm. Their players, their shareholders, I mean, everyone, you know. So they're going to continue to build brick by brick and do their very best to be better the next year. And I think that that plays into every single team, whether it be college, professional, even down to the peewee level, you know, because there's always a stakeholder. And it's not always just the the coach or the players, their parents, their fans, their teammates, their whatever it is. You consider the stakeholders and you consider, okay, how am I going to improve myself, my team, our abilities to help my stakeholders? The stakeholder can even be yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's ethics 101, right? In any ethical situation, you look at the facts, you consider the stakeholders, you do all of that. And the stakeholders can always be you. It's not just the, the people that are investing money into it or anything like that. It, yeah. it can be anyone. Well, I liked what you said, like everybody needs a halftime. And I think those, the, the people that have learned to handle challenges the best. You know, I went through a, the interview process recently about, you know, going through a job. And I had an interesting question asked, you know, when do you know when it's time to quit? And it's, I mean, the, 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 kind of the background of what they're asking is when are you working on a project and you know it just has to be good enough and I was like you know that's a tough answer to you know to give because it's really really difficult to understand I think it's hard that's where people I think struggle the most but I think the other thing is the people that have learned how to be the healthiest are the ones that know when to take a step back and walk away and okay what's what's done is done you know if it's a project at school or at work or at home or whatever, okay, I've got to walk away and it's got to be good enough for right now. And now I'm going to go catch my breath. I'm going to readjust. I'm going to figure out how to attack this again. And then I go forward again. But, I, you know, you have to be, for me, it's been so important. I've had to learn in my own life when it's time to walk away for a few minutes. When I when do I know that I've reached my limit and I can't handle anymore? Right. And so take a minute, walk away, you know, and, and 
I'm sure coaches deal with this all the time. When's the best time to call a timeout? You have three and a, and a half. When do I use them in football? Right. You have three and a half. When do I use them? Well, you can waste them on situations where you're, you screwed up and your players aren't ready um, because of something you did. You can use it on, but a lot of it, you know, the best, most time managed coaches are the ones that use it when the momentum swung. And you need a, a minute to reconfigure, figure out how you're going to address this, and then go back at it. And I think that's, in my life, it's been really crucial for me, and it's such a learning process to this day of knowing when to step away for a few minutes, walk away from a situation, and regather myself in order to go back and take another shot at it or you know, learn from my mistakes or whatever yeah. the case may be. I think that's a great lesson to learn. And I, I live a lot of my life on, on music. When something goes wrong in my life or something's hard or whatever, I try to find the best songs to relate to, whether it be rap or, you know... Country, you love country. country. or whatever. But um, one of the hardest challenges that I went through recently, I turned to a song by, and I'm going to bring him up, Jimmy Buffett, and that's because I'm going to his concert. Are they going to say Justin Bieber? Justice Bieber. You love Justin Bieber, don't you? I do not. You're lying to me. So this is a song by Jimmy Buffett. It's called Breathe In, Breathe Out, Move On. And the first part, it says, They bought a cheap watch from a crazy man floating down canal. It doesn't use numbers or moving hands. It always just says now. Now you may be thinking that I was had, but this watch is never wrong. And if I have trouble, the warranty said, breathe in, breathe out, move on. <laughs> and it, I love this song because he's actually, it, he wrote it for um, for the people affected by Hurricane Katrina. And he talks about how um, if a hurricane doesn't leave you dead, it will make you strong. Don't try to explain it. Just nod your head, breathe in, breathe out, move on. I mean, these people and you know that were affected by Hurricane Katrina, or most recently the people in Texas and Florida and you know other places that were affected by these hurricanes that came up. Puerto Rico was mm-hmm. devastated. What do you do in that case? You you have a task that seems absolutely impossible. How are you going to do it? Your home's gone. Your neighbor's home's gone. You have no food. You have no water. It truly seems impossible. Yet, some people some people looked at it as impossible and. That's just the attitude they took. But some people probably took the attitude of nod your head, breathe in, breathe out, move on. What do I do to rebuild? What do I do to fix this problem? How do I come up with a solution? I can't turn to anybody else. I got to figure this out on my own right now. Other people are going to be there to help, but how do I fix it right now? How do I put a roof over my family's head? Yeah. Where do I go? What do I do? You know? And there's always, in, in those moments of extreme extremities, there's always a solution. There's always an opportunity for you to, um, I don't know, use the power of your brain, power of your heart, let other people in, things like that. And I, I really like that. I mean, you think, of, you think of someone who uses the power of imagination, <laughs> Walt Disney. I mean, his whole empire is built on imagination, Mm -hmm. right? He said, all adversity I've had in my life, all my troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. Yeah. This is a guy that came from, I mean, I don't know his story all that well, but he was born in, was it Kansas? Lived in Kansas? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think his dad was pretty abusive to him. 
I don't think it was a, a, like super abusive. Not, not, I think it was typical in that time. Right. I don't know. I don't remember the but story. But I think but. It, it, it shaped him. It molded him to who he was and the fact that he wanted to build a kind of utopia to his his children, to his family, and to people that he cared about. You know, yeah. he took challenges, he breathed in, he breathed out, and he moved on, and he went forward. Well, and I think that's a, a big deal about looking at the people that have had success in their lives. It's not that necessarily that they, I think everybody looks for the quick fix of, you know, quick get rich quick scheme. Right, right. Um, how the shortcut to this or shortcut to that, you know, um, weight loss, whatever. There's a a million different things of, you know, this will be a shortcut for you. You'll get this. I think the thing, the people that have the consistent success in life, as far as my studies have gone, it's really been an opportunity has come up. They take advantage of it. They grasp it by the horns and then they go. Right. And it's not necessarily that they're taking a, you know, they're not getting a get-rich-quick scheme. They took a chance on an opportunity. Right. And so often we have a hard time seeing that. And especially in a situation like the people that can look at adversity and let it just beat them down. And I've been in that position before. I think right? we all have. Right. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the hard lessons I had to learn was learning to be humble enough to ask for help. That was very difficult for me to learn. And you have to be realistic and say, okay, I'm in this situation. I can't get out of it by myself. I need some help here. And then you get help and, and you know, you're better for it. But I think the people that try and jumpstart or feel like, you know, everybody else gets a shortcut or, you know, there's whatever the myriad of different options there are about reasons why you would kind of fold up into a or curl up into the fetal position and quit. The reality is, is if you learn from your adversity and you take it head on and you kind of take your moment to take your deep breath, mm-hmm. figure out where you want to go with it, those are usually the people that, in my experience, have the most success. Right. And I think you can look at the way that, you know, you have 32 NFL teams. One of them win a Super Bowl every year. The ones that win the Super Bowl rarely ever take a shortcut. I mean, you look at the Eagles last year that they had to rebuild after Chip Kelly got fired, and they even mid-season they had to right put in a backup quarterback. Yeah, a backup quarterback I mean, comes in who nobody wanted. Right, and he had. We'll probably share his story in another podcast because he had a really cool answer to these types of experiences. But you know, you look at their situation and the way that they had to handle adversity. I mean, I was watching their. I'm not an Eagles fan per se, but I was watching that game against the Rams. And Car- is it Carson Wentz? Yeah, Carson yeah. Wentz dives for a touchdown. I'm going, what a stupid play. I mean, he didn't even need it. It's such a stupid game. He tears his ACL. And all of a sudden, I was thinking their 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 season's over. They have no shot at winning the right. Super Bowl. Right. And I would have thought at the time that they were probably one of the favorites. And you put Nick Foles in, and they gave him such a short leash for the rest of the regular season. And then they just opened the playbook wide for him. And, you know, part of the, going back to the 49ers, I remember Shanahan on one of the first games, they they signed Brian Hoyer to come play quarterback for him. It didn't end up working out. But I remember he threw a couple interceptions. And he came to the sideline and he was discouraged. And Shanahan said, look, you got to get over it. I'm not changing the way I'm calling plays because you're, so you got to get out of your own head. Right. You know, kind of let's go. Like, don't, don't let this, 
tear you down. We don't have time for that. Put your big boy pants on and let's yeah. go to work. You got to and and he did. Yeah. I mean, he he had a couple of decent games. They ended up letting him go, and I think that was the right decision. But you know, he, in that situation when he was facing adversity, he'd screwed up again. He had a second big mistake, and his coach goes, "Look, I'm not changing anything here." You've got to learn to figure this out and attack it. So let's go. And it was it was an important lesson, I'm sure, for him. And the team grew from that. And it was it was good for them overall, I believe. Well, and that's that's interesting to think about because here you have a coach saying, I'm I'm not changing things. You cannot quit. You've got to just get up and you gotta go. Uh, I think it was Stephen King that said, um, talent is a wonderful thing, but it won't carry a quitter. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's very interesting to me. You yeah. have some of the most talented people, and I talked about this last time, the talented athletes that come in and and then they just quit. They're just, they get down on themselves and they give up. Well, talent isn't going to carry a quitter. That doesn't work. So as long as we, you know, continually focus on building ourselves up, building those up around us, you know, brick by brick, doing the things that will improve not just ourselves. I think that's important to realize. We're not just here to improve ourselves. We're here to help improve others, improve those mm-hmm. around us. You know, that's what being part of a team is. You know, I think our podcasts are talking about um, life's challenges using sports, and for the majority of it, we're talking about team sports. Mm-hmm. You know, the only non-team sport that I even enjoy is golf. And even there, you've got a team. You have a caddy that helps you. You've got people around you supporting you. Your coach. You've got spouse often. Exactly. And so even in a non-team sport, per se, you still have a team. And you still have to build yourself up brick by brick. Well, life is the same way. You don't have... Even the most lonely person in the world can't claim they don't have a team. They can think they don't. Right. But they can't legitimately make that claim. You know, it's and it's... Because you have... It's a human condition. People actually care about whether or not other people fail or succeed. And it's the reason why, you know, I don't really like to talk about anxiety or social problems or anything like that. And I'm by far not an expert at anything. But the success that I've had in my life and the success that I know I will have won't be based on my talents. It'll be based on work and the ability to address a situation. So I'm sitting here in a, you know, we're doing a podcast addressing a situation that's not my favorite thing to address. Right. But I see a problem where I see people around me kind of falling victim to it and succumbing to it and kind of curling up into a fetal position and giving up. And it it makes me sad. I don't want to see that. So I'm trying to use the work that I have, the recognition that I have of what we can do to kind of address that and change that. And so... You know, if you ever feel like you don't have a team, it's not true. Right. You know, there are people everywhere. There will be someone that cares about you and whether or not, you know, they may not know it because they may not know your story. But, you know, you're never really ever alone. So there's always someone that would care, you know, and you just need to re- be able to reach out and, and, and look for it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, always keep your eyes open. For those around you, for yourself, all of that. Build yourself brick by brick. Go out, hug your family, tell them you love them, help a neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Do something for those in need. Do something for yourself. Just remember it's brick by brick and take advantage of the opportunities when they come. So, Absolutely. Well, great. I think that's a, a good place to end for the week. Yep. 
So go out, do what you can, people. <laughs> Chin straps and baseball caps. That's right. Okay, signing off.